All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. All right, happy Tuesday. It's time for another edition of Leafs Morning Take here presented by Botano, Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa. What's going on, Rosie? You forget the name of the show for a second there? I did. I had a blip. It's happened like six times in my career. Remember NHL Network Radio? I just have terrible, (laughs) terrible memory. And it's like sometimes if I don't have it in front of me, which normally I don't, I fuck it up. So I almost did. That could have been the first for this show in its history. Sometimes I'm like standing there looking at a guy that I work with like for a year and just a name, just no name comes to my mind. I don't know if uh, I got punched in the head too many times or what, but uh, I feel your pain sometimes, man. Man, I have I have zero excuses. I don't know. Maybe it's because I do a variety of different shows, but like I remember uh, specifically on NHL Network Radio, <laughs> I could not remember my co-host's name. I was like going to break, and I'm like, "It's Nick Alberga," and I'm like jammed up, and I'm like, "Oh, it's like the worst feeling in the world." But I think it just shows you that, um, yeah, we make things look easy at times, you and I, and everybody in broadcasting. But there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and I have no excuse. I really wasn't punched in the face many times as a kid. I'm just, uh, I'm just a knob, I guess. <laughs> Hey, these things happen. Don't beat yourself yeah. up. What do we got today? I am. I'm so sad about it. Uh, I wanted to get into a bit. So we, we've talked a bit about Sheldon Keefe and, uh, you know, is, is he on the hot seat? Um, I, you know, I was interested to go over the numbers last night and I put out a bit of a tweet, which you noted, I have a, a spelling mistake or an error grammatically in it. Uh, it said uh, something like this for this interested. It should be for those interested. So get that out of the way mm-hmm. right away. But Edmonton's won 23 of 29 games under Chris Knobloch. And you look at some of the other teams, all of them have 
winning records. I know the Islanders have played one game. Ottawa's the only team that's actually been negatively impacted by the coaching change, but they, they've been doomed from day one. So I think for people out there and they see this type of movement from teams making coaching changes, it makes you start to wonder if things continue along this path for the Maple Leafs, what could happen potentially? Yeah, potential, potential. It's uh, it's tough to say. Uh, I think we've touched on, I mean, I'm not the one with the pitch port calling for his head, putting it all on him. But if they did make a move, I wouldn't be against it. And I would have reason to be, you know, somewhat excited and optimistic. Uh, I've been vocal about thinking that this team's game plan is is not where it should be. Their, their mindset and in going into a game, I don't believe, is where it should be for what their roster looks like, what their strengths and weaknesses are. I don't think they approach the game in anywhere near the way they should, and I think that's the way... Or that's the reason that they're they're not up at the top of the standings like they were projected to be. But um, you know, I th- you look at the Edmonton Oilers. That's an easy one to say, and and yeah, it's true. But you you got to look at the fact that I mean they've got some unbelievable goaltending since that coaching change. If that's uh, a reason for it, or if that's just a coincidence, is no one could know. But Skinner at the beginning of the year, you know, their goaltending was had them in a rough place. And since then, he's been standing on his head. And I think he's as big a reason or more than the coaching change for at least the Oilers to be going on the run that they've been on. Oh, 1000%. And I saw a lot of tweets about that in the last 48 hours that Woodcroft actually had the Oilers playing decently and just they couldn't get a save. And it's amazing when you, you know, when you can get a save in the NHL, how different your team can look. And certainly the Oilers. Uh, the the biggest beneficiary from a coaching change. And I think they made it at the right time. I think a lot of teams wait too long. And uh, to an extent, I think that's what happened with the Ottawa Senators. You see what happened yesterday between Pittsburgh and Arizona, the dreaded own goal. It's just been that type of year for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Has that ever happened in a game when you're playing? Uh, I've done it as a defenseman where you, you know, you're taking away the pass and, and you, you okay. kind of lie down with your stick to to block the backdoor pass and it hits your stick, goes right in the five hole. So I've, I've done that for sure. N- nothing as obvious as what happened. So that was Malkin and Latang too, wasn't it? So it's yeah. it's not like you can blame some duster for for doing it. It's just something that happens. And, uh, you know, when you're dicking around in front of your own net and the goalie's pulled because of a delayed penalty, things happen. I I, I didn't put too much stock in it besides to give it a bit of a chuckle. It's funny, I was watching both games, that uh, and the Vancouver one, and I think moments after that happened uh, with Arizona and Pittsburgh, it almost happened to Quinn Hughes. It was a delayed penalty, and there was a couple you know, hairy moments, and I get you're an all-star player, but I, I never understood that, why you want to put the puck anywhere close to your net when the goalie's not there. And it happens more than you think, right? And, you know, we all talk about what happened in Buffalo with the Bills the other night and how small that kicker must feel right now. Imagine doing that especially a team like Pittsburgh has been underachieving how little you feel in the room again. I mean, it happens in the game and it's just the reality of sports sometimes, right? Yeah. It's one of those things. It's a bit deflating on the bench when something like that happens, you know, it's not unlike, you know, an icing and a dribbler sneaks by the goal, you know, it's kind of one of those eye rollers, but you know, usually if a mistake like that's happened after the game, a guy will put up his hand and be like, guys, that's on me blah, blah, blah. My apologies. And everyone will be like, don't even start. You know, there's a lot of mistakes that happened and we should have bailed you out, blah, blah. And and you move on, turn the page pretty quick because stuff like that doesn't happen all the time. It's, it's just kind of one of those anomalies that that takes the wind out of your sails, not a huge deal. But uh, you know, when you're dicking around in front of your net, uh, the chances go up for sure. 
I saw a really good tweet that like, what if ha- that happened in Toronto? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, just seriously. what would happen media wise, like the blow up coming from that? What? Like if that was Morgan Riley dicking around with Nylander, <laughs> it would be headline news across the nation and everyone would laugh and everyone would get on the Twitter ban and they'd have to ask a million questions about it. It'd be embarrassing. And that would definitely just showcase the, uh, you know, the, the media in that, in that space and in what they do to a guy and, and a reason that it's hard to win there. I've talked about it before and, you know, I can be a critic of this team as much as anyone. I think that's our job right now. But uh, I also certainly understand the other side of it where, you know, you know that your mistakes are are on blast. There's a magnifying glass on you 24-7. And whether it's fair or not, it is what it is. And as many perks as there are playing for that organization, um, stuff like that is certainly, um, you know, something you have to deal with as well on the negative. Funny how it works out that it's Pittsburgh and Cal Dubas and uh, Alex Kerfoot scores in that game. And it's just been that type of year for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But uh, ultimately, you always try to scale things back to the Maple Leafs and what would have transpired in this market if that were to happen for this team and knock on what it doesn't happen moving forward. At the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube, Leafs Morning Take. Wherever you find your podcasts, uh, leave us a review as well and a note. We would love that. And again, at the Leafs Nation 401. Here on YouTube, brought to you by DoorDash, it's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25, uppercase, for 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms apply. I don't know about you, I was watching a lot of the uh, Winnipeg-Boston game on Monday, two juggernaut teams going toe to toe. Number one, the bees are an absolute wagon. I think that's five in a row. They got the goaltending. They don't skip a beat. In fact, I saw a story come out on Monday about Patrice Bergeron potentially coming out of retirement, which he, he threw out right away. That's not happening, but that, that team is legit, man. Both teams are. Yeah. That was kind of the, the game of the week. If you look at it and, uh, yeah. you know, to handle that, that, uh, very deep, very, very clicking, Winnipeg Jets team right now. I mean, I think I said a little while ago that, uh, you know, there's not a lot of attention on the Bruins right now. Like no one talks when they just quietly are one of the dominant teams in the league. No one picks them apart or dissects them or breaks them down or kind of asks anything about it, which is very surprising for the powerhouse that they are. And maybe that's because of that hiccup they had in, in the playoffs last year. But I think they're they're going to be a scary unit, man, specifically because they did that in the in the playoffs last year. And I think that they would have, learned from their mistakes and uh, they're going to be damn sure it doesn't happen again this year. So certainly a powerhouse and, you know, with uh, Winnipeg clipping along at the top of the league, like they are as well, that's a convincing win to take them down four one really was. And I uh, forgot to mention as well off the top, Jamie noodles, McLennan will join us from uh, TSN and TSN overdrive. We'll get his thoughts in the Maple Leafs. And I thought it was perfect too, just to get the conversation stirring a bit on the goaltending position. The Leafs haven't named a starter for tomorrow's game, Wednesday's game against the Winnipeg Jets, the home-and-home starting in Toronto, then culminating, of course, on Saturday in Winnipeg. So Noodles is coming up. But getting back to the Winnipeg Jets, pretty crazy feat that ended finally last night, and it ended with an empty netter. They went 34 games in a row, Rosie, allowing, um, you know, not allowing more than three goals, which I think is incredible, especially in this day and age. It speaks to that system, and it speaks to that number one netminder in Connor Hellebuck, eh? Yeah, I w- I just I go ahead and call him the best goalie in the world right now. Um, yeah. And you know those those Jets are playing. 
um, team hockey, you know, they're, they're spread out so well, they get it from everywhere. They got guys that haven't even, you know, key players that aren't even in the lineup and they figured out how to come together and play a system that works. And it obviously works when you're setting records for goals against, you know, I mean, that is playoff style stuff, you know, keep that puck out of your net and find ways to win games and whatever system they're running or philosophy, they have certainly all bought into it. And of course, a lot of that's on the shoulders of Connor Hellebuck, but my goodness, that's an impressive stat. One that, uh, I would be very proud of more so than something on the offensive side of the puck because, um, you know, that's something that everyone's looking for. Keep that puck out of your net and they're, they're figuring out how to do it in spades. And I think it's going to serve them well in the playoffs. It really is fascinating, too, when I think you look at Winnipeg specifically because they go ahead and make that big monster Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. Blake Wheeler's out. He's bought out now with the New York Rangers and they don't skip a beat. In fact, they get better. I think conversely, I'm not sure if you've been documenting what's going on with the Los Angeles Kings. Uh they lost again last night, albeit in a in a shootout, but they lost to the lowly San Jose Sharks. I believe they dropped 11 of the last 14 games now, so it's getting pretty murky. And I say that because Pierre-Luc Dubois is on the Los Angeles Kings, and it seems like everywhere this guy goes, he loses. Columbus, Winnipeg to an extent, and now the Los Angeles Kings. I, I feel like it was a blessing for Winnipeg to get rid of this guy, and the return's been pretty good. I know Gabe Velarde didn't play last night, but they got Rasmus Kupari as well. Uh, they're doing pretty damn well on that trade so far. Yeah, like I said, they're all clicking. They've all found a way to play together. And, you know, we've talked about it with trades here. You can't really, you can't draw up chemistry. You know, you don't know what's going to happen when when people come together. And whatever, for whatever reason, that trade's worked out in the, in the favor of the Jets for sure. And, you know, you think of those LA Kings right now sliding as bad as they are. Going back to that Western uh, West Coast road trip that the Leafs were on before this past one. You know, that was their big win on that road trip. And, you know, they thought we were hanging our hat on a pretty good win there against a good team. It turns out they are in the middle of a horrendous slide and they're really having trouble finding their game. So, you know, just another thing about that road trip. But, um, you know, they're moving on. And I think the Leafs sights are are set on those Winnipeg Jets here Wednesday, Saturday. Going to be yeah. a huge test. And, and like you've mentioned, they've got lots of pieces of their puzzle clicking right now. I had this conversation a lot during the pandemic, obviously because of the baseball style schedule. But I think from a player's perspective, do you like the idea of like playing a team more than once uh, in a row, I guess, like twice at least in a row? Because I got Winnipeg again Wednesday and Saturday. Is it is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, I don't mind it. It's I mean, it depends how it goes and how you're matched up against each other, whether you like it or not. Um, but it, it just sets up the potential for storylines and drama and battles and, you know, retribution and, you know, bounce backs and, you know, all kinds of that stuff can happen depending on how the first game goes. And, you know, you don't you don't face anyone in between that and then you go right back at them the next game. So there's potential there for it to be solid. But I think from a player's standpoint, um, they're going to prepare the same. They're going to do the same things, maybe some adjustments after the first game. But, you know, it's it's nice that you're looking at the same power play. You're, you're looking at the same line matchups and you don't have to, uh, you know, start fresh the next game. I guess you could take it from that point of view. But I, I think a lot of the time they're they're they're. Uh, what am I trying to say there? MO is to prepare the exact same way, regardless of who you're playing. And, um, you know, depending on how the game goes, I, I just don't think it's as big of a deal for players, but for fans and, and guys doing our job, it, it's fun. And it sets up for some potential storylines that you could feed off pregame on, uh, on game two. 
And I think, you know, you always have to put things into perspective, not get too high, not too low. And that's why I think coming off the four game Western road trip, if you were to pull the lease before, would you grab a split? They would say yes. And I, I think they have to feel the same way here with this Winnipeg miniseries, right? If you can grab at least two out of four points, I think you're feeling okay going into the uh, all-star break slash bye week. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you would be, that's what they're looking for. And yeah. you know, you go back to the summertime, if you're sitting here going, well, you'd be thrilled with a split against Winnipeg and you know, the, the road trip at 500 was kind of so, so not too bad. I mean, you got to look at the big picture. The Leafs are not where they want to be right now. Um, they're, they've got a lot of question marks that, that need answering um, at multiple positions and you know, it's it's a big week for them and a statement piece. The last thing they want to do is is drop both of these games before a big break. But that is a reality that could happen just based on the strength of the of the Winnipeg Jets. But at the same time, if if they had found something there in, in Seattle in any way, shape or form and and they can put it together and play their best hockey and shore up their defense and get some goaltending, you know, they could they could just as easily take two of these things as well. They're the they're the up and down yo-yo Maple Leafs and you're not sure what to expect. But yeah, at the end of the day, if if they could write the script and get a split, they'd probably take it going into the break. Man, it's it's going to be a scary couple of weeks for the Maple Leafs because they're not playing very often. No other teams are in the same conversation, specifically with the All-Star game, but they play just twice in the next 13 days, man. And I think you look around them in the standings, they're going to go back and forth between an Atlantic division spot, a wild card spot. They're only three points up on a playoff spot. I just want to see urgency, man. Like this is such a, and we say this every game, it should be the same from game two to game 79 for that matter. But it's a dicey time because I can't remember a time where there was this feel in Leafs Nation every year. And I've been saying it. It's a foregone conclusion. They make the Stanley Cup playoffs. I no longer have that feel. I feel like it's going to be a dogfight just to get in this year and to play twice in a 13-day span. You're playing a top three team in this league right now. Dicey times. They got to find a way to get points here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're in that division. It is not easy. We knew that off the bat and and they haven't really been up to expectations and other teams have stepped up and, and taken on that role. So it is not a foregone conclusion. They go to the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be back and forth. There's, you know, if they go on another little bit of a slide here, there's going to be times where they're not in a playoff spot and holy will the pundits ever take off on that. And, you know, you could say rightfully so, but uh, bottom line is they got to take care of themselves. I want to see a commitment to team defense. I want to see that urgency in their own zone, have five men back, break the puck out together, protect the puck through the neutral zone, limit turnovers, all those things that this team has to do to have success. You are not defensively gifted enough to do that. And I mean, if you had the best decor in the world and you have, you know, limited talent and, and goal scoring ability, then maybe you got to start taking those chances and rely a bit heavily on your defense and, and try your best to, to take chances to get goals and get on the scoreboard. But this team's built the polar opposite of that. And if they want to play that street hockey, pond hockey game where you're turning it over like crazy and doing low percentage plays, I mean, I think they find out when they struggle, that's exactly what they're doing. And the puck gets filled in their net. They don't have the the personnel to keep it out. So I mean, I just want to see that. And if I'm Sheldon Keefe, that is my MO to win games. I mean, he's seen enough out of this out of this group to understand what goes wrong when it's not going well. And you, you just hope that that's going to be the number one focus point going into this uh, this tough stretch of two games against the Jets. And if not, man, then I, I really got to seriously question the, uh, you know, the the attitude of this team and the direction they're headed and, and where their head's at trying to to win hockey games. 
Dave writes in, we'll remember that you lost faith, Nick. I hope that they that that take ages poorly for you. It's not really a take. I mean, I, I'm watching the team on the ice, and uh, generally speaking, I compare them to Boston and Florida, some of the upper echelon teams, and I just don't have that feel. I don't. They don't have the depth. They're not. They don't have the goaltending, defense. I mean, the proof is in the pudding over an 82 game slate. But I, I, I think it's honest and fair to really look at this team and and really look at them and say, hey, are they a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Right now, I don't feel that way. In fact, I think the next 18 games leading up to the March 8th trade deadline will dictate what they do because I think you can't lose sight of the fact that I don't think Brad Tree Living owes this team anything this year, Rosie. Like his job is secure, he's new on the gig. And I think if he doesn't see a realistic opportunity for this team to do something substantial this year, maybe the best play is just to stand pat, hope for the best for this team and and you know, overhaul the roster a bit in the offseason. How would you play it? Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's become part of the conversation. I mean, yeah. for up until, you know, the holiday break there, I think that it was just what are we going to do at the deadline? What are we going to try to get? How many pieces are we going to acquire? And, you know, you're you're thinking that it's a year to make a push. It's supposed to be. Um, that's always been the plan, but it, it ha- they haven't been able to play consistent hockey to give people the idea that they are ready to make that run. And it's going to come down to what it costs you. You know, if you, if you can get a guy with term that is going to help you, if it doesn't work out this way, that's a different story than, than getting these rentals. And, you know, you're giving away, away first round draft picks and whatnot. That's, that's got consequences down the road. And, and like you say, it's, it's going to be difficult because I, I have a feeling they're going to be straddling that line. You know, they're going to get into the playoffs. Who's their first round opponent. Do you sell quote unquote, the farm to, to make this team better for the short term? And are you going to waste it? If you don't think they're ready, it's going to be a gut shot call for, for Brad tree living and uh, one that I wouldn't want to make, but I think there's ways to, to try to make your bet, your team better and facilitate, you know, some problems that you have without selling the farm and, um, I think he's probably going to take that line on trying to put some deals together that make sense for both sides that aren't exactly blockbuster deal breakers now or never type moves. But um, I think he'll still be making changes, no doubt. But I don't think, you know, unless they really go on a heater here that they're going to be world shaking moves. Yeah, realistically, that makes the most sense because we've talked about this almost since day one, like a blockbuster deal is going to involve a cow and it's going to involve a Minton. Um, they don't want to give up a first round pick for a guy like Tanev. Like, I don't know which player is out there where they'd be inclined to move that first round pick. And I think working around the edges is probably the way they go. I think you put this team in a position to boost themselves and get better. And again, hope is the big word that we use in this market the last couple months. That's just the general feel with this team. I mean, there's no question they have the uh, the talent. Uh, you know, Joseph Wall, when he comes back, they have a guy who could do something substantial defensively. That's been a conversation all season long, but I think there's no doubt there's these little type of transactions they probably can make between now and March 8th that could help and benefit this team without giving up too much uh, in terms of assets, right? Yeah, I think that'll be the play. Um, again, yeah, I don't think they're going to sell the farm and go all in, but there, there's little moves they can make. And I, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with Joseph Wall. I think that's kind of the the waiting game right now. Who's our number one goalie? You know, so far it's been a positive to get Sammy back. It seems like he has hit a bit of a reset button here that could change uh, at any point in time with any next start. But what he has given us and what we know is two really solid performances in his two games back from that hiatus that he took, which uh, was sorely needed and seems to have worked so far from what we know. And, you know, 
going to him and for him to keep keep that up and and play solid and look like he's having a resurgence uh, is going to be nice until we get Joseph Wall back. And then the answer is, does this kid have the pedigree to take the reins in 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 the crease here and and get us back on track and and give us some consistency? Is is what those guys are saying in the room right now? Man, what the hell is going on with Ryan Reeves? And I'll pat ourselves on the back because a couple, maybe it was the last week of the week before, I'm like, where's Ryan Reeves? Like this guy said he was healthy. And then all of a sudden this story is coming to the forefront over the last 48 hours. He was asked about not playing. And he's like, yeah, I've been ready for a couple of weeks now. And Reeves said, that's a question for them. I'm not in those rooms in those conversations. I'm not going to speculate anything. Just stay ready. And if I get called upon, I do. If I don't, I get my work in. Um, I know he's been asked about this, but like, isn't this a guy who wants to stay in the NHL? Like you keep talking. I think you might end up at another league here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's not, I mean, you got to understand where you're at. He's that's a big signing to sign that guy for the, the multi-year deal. Um, he's getting paid a decent wage and, and he's, you could call him a relic of, of a time where I was playing, you know, and, and you have this kind of a, you know, a quote unquote heavyweight guy or a guy whose main purpose is that, or at least a guy who simply wouldn't be in the league if it wasn't for his toughness factor. And I just look at the way the Leafs are losing lately and, and how, what they need to do to get on track. And, and Ryan Reeves isn't going to, isn't going to provide that, right? It's just, it's a team toughness thing that I want. It's a mentality that everyone uh, does together more of. I keep bringing up the Florida Panthers and the way they were playing specifically last year, how, Everyone's on the same board. Doesn't matter what lines out there. People are willing to defend each other and and go to bat and get in the fight and get in the scrums and protect each other. And just Ryan Reeves out there patrolling, yelling at their tough guy, uh, especially when you know he has really struggled keeping the puck out of his net when he's on the ice this year. I'm not surprised that that he's healthy and not in the lineup. I mean, nobody said that as soon as he's healed up, whether it was his knee or ankle or whatever it was, he's going to be thrust right back in the lineup as a mainstay. It's just. Not the way it works, and I, I'm not surprised because I don't think that Ryan Reeves is what this team is missing right now. No, this is not the story, though. It's that he's on injured reserve and he's not hurt. <laughs> Some shady shit I mean, happening. You even have to pull. I mean, it's totally different than long-term IR. That has cap implications yeah. and everything else, but injured reserve is, do you physically have to take him off? Is there a list of injured reserve, or is it just like, are you ready to play tonight or not i don't think it's as i don't think it's as like you have to sign a piece of paper with a doctor's recommendation to put you on long-term ir and that's not the case with injured reserve it's just well get out there and skate and oh yeah you're maybe you're in tonight maybe you're not i think he's in that position he's not on injured reserve anymore in my mind unless there is a, a physical list that he's on is that correct or no i'm i'm not sure uh i i'm not Completely sure, but there is confusion regarding it. I will say that. Uh, thank you to producer Vic for this. I have very loose knees, said uh, said Reeves. I've torn both knees like a ton of times, and I just don't feel comfortable on the ice without them anymore. And it's sort of funny because I think you look at the Blue Jays offseason, it's been a massive strikeout and disappointment. I don't know how you can defend signing this guy. I know it's a three-year deal at 4.05, and I know I was the first to come to bat to it and say, I love this deal. I love the pickup. But 21 games in, I, I like I don't know where they go from here. I know it's not a ton of money, but still in a salary cap world where a team like the Maple Leafs where you need every penny, what a colossal mistake and a waste of time this has been, unfortunately. I love Revo, but it's not working. Yeah, and after watching him play, I mean, I from where I've seen him play on different teams that have had success and maybe they protected him a little better than this one does, but if he's not a liability out there, like I just assumed 
that he wasn't based on him being able to stay in the league like 10 years after, you know, a lot of guys of, of his role have been able to stay in the league. So I was under the impression he's very smart with the puck, very um, I'm good with, with keeping possession, getting it deep, keeping it in the safe places. He can play defense, obviously hit a ton, fight anyone in the league, be that, be that presence of intimidation. But, you know, so far with a Maple Leaf on, he has just been getting scored on and kind of been out of position. Um, his fights haven't been that good when he can find someone that, that fight him. And he, he just seems to kind of almost be a distraction out there and kind of a sore thumb in the lineup. And I, I don't like saying that a guy who I, I appreciate his role and respect it very much, but this day and age, I'm looking for more of a, a guy that can play that can also scrap if need be, who's chirping off to the other bench hits everything that moves and and kind of a more of a well-rounded physical player with toughness as well, which are very hard to find, by the way, especially this day and age. But it's just he he's a bit too one-dimensional to make um to make him a factor on this roster. And I kind of saw that coming in, but didn't vocalize it because I assumed that I was somewhat wrong as the fact that he could stay in the league for so long and was on these high-end teams. You know, I assumed that he was going to keep the puck out of his net and, and be responsible with the puck and be able to keep up with the pace of play. And that just hasn't been the case in Toronto. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing is that uh, it's, it's just another guy who had high expectations to a degree. I mean, this is Ryan Rees, but you know, throw Bertuzzi into the conversation, throw Domi, like you have these unrealistic expectations. They come to Toronto and uh, it's been a work in progress, specifically with Revo. I mean, there's just not much cooking there. I just don't know how this marriage lasts much longer, at least at the NHL level. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're gonna have to make a decision on him if, and especially if he's not happy sitting in the press box, the reality is this is 2024 and he's Ryan Reeves and, you know, he should be happy to have that contract and and fill in wherever necessary. I'm sure he will, but if he continues to vocalize the fact that he's not happy and I mean, there's one thing saying, Hey, I want to be in the lineup and I'm gritting my teeth and chomping at the bit to get in there. That's one thing. And then, you know, vocalizing displeasure. I'm not saying that's what he's done, but to, to continue saying I should be in the lineup and I'm not happy with this and this is unexpected. I'm not part of these meetings. I don't know what's going on. That's not going to help his case whatsoever. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Uh, the following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. Unlock the ultimate birthday party, team building event, or have a great date night with your significant other to find a location and book an outing today. Go to battlegrounds.com. That's B A T L grounds.com as we bring in today's guest from TSN Hockey Analyst Overdrive as well. It is Jamie Noodles McLennan. What's going on, Noodles? How are you, buddy? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? I just took my uh, toque off and I realized I got the greasiest lid going on here. So I got off the plane and I don't know if you want toque on or toque off because uh, either <laughs> way, it's uh, probably better for radio today than uh, visually. But uh, well, you're how are right. you doing today? Noodles. Sometimes we all look like we combed our hair with a piece of salami. <laughs> so don't worry about it. All right, as long as we're good. We'll get some good information. Aesthetically, it won't look as good. Uh, you're the man. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, why don't you piggyback off that to start? Uh, what the hell is going on with Ryan Reeves here? Honestly, I heard you guys talking about it. I mean, it, it's hard because, you know, the injury set him back. And then is there a spot in the lineup for him? Let's be honest. You know, like that's the hardest part is, you know, we all thought at the start of the year, like, and and listen, I'm going to, I'm not going to defend the signing, but I thought I knew exactly the spirit of the signing. And Jay, I think you probably agree with it too. It's like they, you know, when tree, when tree came on, he wanted the, and he used the, the word, some snot. He wanted some piss and vinegar in his lineup. It's Domi. It, it's Revo. Uh, you know, even Klingberg was a guy who'd stand up for himself. So, you know, you, you wanted that to shape around the group that they already have, but it didn't start well for Revo. Obviously it seemed like every time he was on the ice, whether it was his fault or not, it was in the back of the net. So, you know, that gets a little bit of fanfare and then he gets the injury and you come back and has the team moved past him. I don't know. I mean, I'm not behind the scenes there. You know, is there a spot for him? I think the one thing, and I, I put it back to you guys too, is I don't want him to be disruptive. Like that's where I think if he's a, and I kind of, I, I thought that's where you were going, Jay, is a, you know, it's, it's all right to come back and want to play, but if you're not going to play every night, you better be a really good teammate. You know, I know that role. I, I don't know the role of, of being an, an enforcer and, and, and in that type of fourth line role, but I know the role of being a good backup and not being disruptive. If I have one good game and I'm playing behind Kippersoff, guess who's playing the next night? It's Kippersoff. It's not me. So that's the the way I look at it is I think they um, he's got to find his role back within the team if they allow him to. But I it sounds like they may not allow him to if he's on the IR and all of that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting place to be. And I mean, he needs to he needs to be a realist and look at what, what's going on with the team. I mean, lacking a heavyweight tough guy is not the the Leafs problem with with not garnering wins lately. Um, and if to boot, like you said, he's not keeping the puck out of his net and and he becomes a liability. And then if you add in the fact maybe he's a distraction and showing, you know, not the best attitude in the situation, it's it's not something that's going to last long with him. But I think he's smart enough and he's a veteran guy that, you know, whether he said that or not, I don't think it's the big deal. You don't want to blow it out, out of proportion, but he's probably pretty smart at being the best teammate out there. I mean, I've been in the league an entire year and only played 34 games on, you know, on a season. Like, I know exactly what it's like to get scratched a lot. And you got to be patient and understanding and you got to see like what's going on with the team. And if I were running it, do I think I'm the answer right here, whether selfishly you want to play or not? I think he can see that, you know, that's probably not going to happen in the immediate future. And he needs to focus on the other things he can do to help off the ice. And, and I'll throw in one other thing in there too, is, 
it's not like he's got this year just to deal with. Like he's got two more years under contract. So if you want to maximize that money, then be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And what I mean by that is you don't want to be on waivers and going, okay, I'm going to go make it at 36, 37, and 38 years old grinding on the bus with the Marlins if you want to make that money. Like to me, be a good teammate, fit in you know, somewhere, be valuable if you're not going to play. That's what I would, I, I would say to him and from somebody who's been in that position, Jay, you've been in that position as well, is, is be a good teammate, wait for your tra- chance, wait for an opportunity and get in there. And in the meantime, you know, be, he's a big personality. He's a character. I think he's, you know, guys like him. So uh, find a different way to contribute if you're not going to get eight to 10 minutes on the ice. That's a, a very expensive ass cheerleader, but I, I agree with both of you. Um, wh- what's your sense? What's your feel on this team noodles? Cause I'll, I'll be honest coming off that California trip to start 2024. I'm like, fuck, they're turning a corner. And then two weeks later, it's like, it feels like the sky's falling with this team, unfortunately right now and a big week ahead with a home and home here with Winnipeg. So you identify the strength of schedule too, right? Like San Jose, Anaheim, and you're right. It's a big trip to California. You know, California is not the march of death anymore. You know, (laughs) what's outside of L.A. And I thought the L.A. game was a real good game. And the the reason I'm going to say this is because, you know, what they've been doing now recently is beating the teams that they probably should. But the teams that are either above them or you believe that are in that category, they're not beating those teams. So are you in that category? Are you just a middle of the road team that is going to try and punch up or are you a team that's near the, you know, near in the the top or upper echelon that, that struggles to, to stay in there and punch down. So that's my biggest challenge with them is, you know, obviously they've, they've got talent that can score, but I think, I think there's a lot of holes in this roster. You're trying to figure out, okay, who's going to be your starter. Well, Martin Jones was great for a month and all of a sudden like he's starting to run out of gas a little bit and that's not his fault. He's been great. And he's, you know, Two months ago, this guy was playing spottingly with the Marlies. He only played five games this year. So, and then, you know, the defensive core injuries, the Klingberg, you know, that situation really hurts because now that's a trickle-down effect. You expect the Klingberg to be at worst your number four defenseman. And that hasn't happened. So now you're asking Lilligren to maybe punch higher. Uh, Brody has, has hit a wall and he's struggling, so he should probably be reset, pushed down, but there's nobody to push take that spot. So there's a, it's a disjointed effort on the back end outside of Morgan Riley, who's properly slot. Who else? You know, Jake McCabe hasn't played well. Like I think if Jake McCabe is, is really solid, he's probably a second pairing guy, but on a deeper team, he might be a third pairing guy just based on, you know, where you are slotted. So I think there's some guys that are being asked to do too much or maybe punch above their weight consistently. So something has to happen there. And tree's got to sort that out. And then up front, you know, uh, a wave of inconsistency outside of really Matthews and, and Nylander. You know, Tavares has kind of hit the ditch, but I think John brings something more to the table. Um, you know, he's a complete player. Like, he can go a game without being, you know, scoring a point, but he can contribute because he wins draws. He can be heavy in the corners. Like, he, you know, John knows how to play. Uh, you know, Mitch has had some pockets of really great play and then some real you know, disappearing acts, we'll call it, but not really. He's just kind of there and gets points where I'd like to see a little bit more. And then the rest of the roster is a crapshoot. 
what are you going to get from Max Domi? What are you getting from Bertuzzi? What are you getting from Yarn Croak? Uh, you know, Matthew Nyes is a kid, but he's still learning. You know, all of a sudden, Pontus Holmberg, you wake up and this guy's on the top line. Like, what the hell's that? And then, and then, you know, back down to the fourth line. And then if he disappears, people are like, all right, you know, Bobby McCann's in there. Like, there's no consistency of goal. Like, I look at Winnipeg's roster. I, I'm now looking at Edmonton's roster. Like, it, it, it seems to be more set. And just with a little bit of tweaking, night in and night out, I don't know what we're getting from certain players with the Maple Leafs. So the inconsistency, I think, is a big concern for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It seems like uh, these guys don't know who they are, what they're supposed to play like, what role is every guy, like you say, a guy's on a fourth line, he's on the Marlies, he's on the first line, nothing stays consistently. I I just think that uh, Sheldon Keefe doesn't really have an MO on what the identity of this team is supposed to be. And the, for that reason, you're getting all kinds of inconsistencies. But I wanted to pick your brain on, on goaltending a little bit. You know, we're kind of getting prepped for, you know, Joseph Walda at some point here, make his return from that ankle injury. Um, everything we've heard about this guy in his past has been that he is very high pedigree, very high stock, very capable, got a really good head on his shoulders. What do you think is the expectations for him to, from coming back from this kind of lengthy injury um, time away from the, the game and how much do you think he can help or hurt the team when, uh, when that does happen? Well, I think he can help. I think the biggest concern for him is jumping on a moving train. Uh, I just watched Shane Pinto play the other night in, in Ottawa, um, you know, and missed 41 games. And, you know, it, the, the pace of the game, the spacing, getting into a groove, it's going to be really hard. And, and Joseph Wall, you know, as a player, you can hide a little bit on the ice. As a goalie, you can't. There's no hiding. You either make the save or you don't. So, um, and it'll be a lot of pressure for him to come back. And is he going to be the guy? Is he going to be the support guy to Samsonov? He's going to be the support guy to Martin Jones. Like, what is his role coming back? Because, yes, before the injury, there was some separation. He was getting some important games and playing well. But let's not you know, forget that it's not like he has 400 games of experience to rely on. Like we haven't seen a patch where he's struggled. We haven't seen a patch where there's been some inconsistency because he's just learning the league. So I would argue, you know, tree has to find out in his mind, who does he trust the most? And this is heading up to March 8th. And then after March 8th, you, you'd say who's starting my first playoff game. And right now people say, well, Joseph wall, well, he started some last year in the playoffs, but is he your guy? And if he's not your guy because of injuries and inconsistencies, who's the guy that you're going to trust next? So I think there's a lot of question marks still to be answered. I, I laid out the de defense. I laid out the forwards, but I still think there's a lot of decisions to be made within that scope of the three goaltenders as to who do you trust most? Who do you believe is going has the biggest ceiling? And then, you know, who's going to be here at the end of the year. And, and, you know, let's be honest, if, if Martin Jones gets put on waivers, he might get plucked by one of these other teams. So there's, yeah. there's a, a lot of questions to be answered here before March 8th and after March 8th. Noodles. I don't remember a time where we weren't talking about Toronto's goaltending. Like, man, I, I'm just so annoyed and tired of the conversation. Like I'm at a point where it's like, if you got to go get new sorrows or somebody like that, you go out and make the move. I, I just can't do this anymore. Like, I, I just think for a team that thinks they're a legitimate Stanley cup contender, there are just way too many question marks. Or do you think they're, they're believing now in like the Aiden Hill model where it's like, this guy comes out of nowhere. But then last time I checked, you have nowhere close to the defensive structure that a Vegas has, right? 
That's that's the you just you just nailed it right there. Vegas won the cup with two Norris defensemen in Petrangelo and Theodore. Like, you know, God love Morgan Riley. I, I think he's always, you know, a cusp of a one, one, a, whatever you want to I, I love the player. I love the person, but, and that is not the defensive structure of a team that just buttons it down. You know, if anything, they show flashes of it. Hey, we're really dialed in this year. It hasn't been the case consistently giving up breakaways, giving up too many chances, their D get, you know, forced. There's a lot of pressure on their D, the D to go back and get it. So you're right. The Aiden Hill model worked for Vegas because Vegas played that way. And yes, Jack Eichel made 10 million, but everybody else fell into line. And that fourth line could have been the, you know, arguably the best fourth line in hockey at that point, you know, where you've got guys that can lean on you physically and, and push you out of a game. So I, 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 if it's a copycat league, then I would say, okay, go with the Aiden Hill model, but find me two Norris caliber defensemen that can move the puck then. And that's, you'll go copy that. And that's easier said. Oh, and by the way, they had one double digit, you know, Jack Eichel making 10 million, not three plus one coming. So, you know, it's, it's uh, that formula is not going to work with the Leafs. So you're right. If UC Saros is available, if Jacob Markstrom's available, or you go a step down into Mackenzie Blackwood or into, you know, uh, Dan Vladar, guys like that have at it, but you, you know, again, they come at a cost. Like there's, you know, Craig Conroy is not putting up his hand and go tree. I worked with you. So I'm going to give you these players for free and I'll eat a bunch of salary to make it work in your structure. Uh, I think Mike Greer probably has lots of offers on Mackenzie Blackwood. I like him as a goaltender. Unfortunately, he's been in really bad situations in Jersey and now in San Jose. So we, do, we don't know what he is. We really don't know what he is as a goalie on a good team because he's never been able to do that. So lots of questions to be asked. And yes, if you could get UC Soros, I would do that in a heartbeat. But it's costing you a hell of a player to go the other way because they're not just going to give him away for a second rounder and eat half of his salary. So, so that's your that's your take then. It's a uh, goaltender would be the most preferred method of of fixing this team over over the defensemen and relying on what they have between the pipes, eh? Uh no, I w- I would say this, and Jay, uh, like, it's not that. It's just it comes back to Nick's point. Is like I don't think this is one move away. Like yeah. I think there's 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 a step ladder of moves to be made, and Tree has to figure out how to fit all these pieces within structure and and the cap system. So if you believe that Joseph wall can do it, then you don't tinker with the the goalies. You just make sure you've got health and, and the three that you're able to keep. Then you look at the D and you go, okay, am I going to use Klingberg's money? Am I going to go get Tanev? Am I going to go get uh, uh, Sean Walker guys like that? It's going to cost you, but it may not cost you a King's ransom. You know, Nick Robertson is playing a lot recently. Like maybe he's a guy that they're, uh, building some stock up and he might be a, a trade piece to a team that uh, is younger and, and wants a live body and doesn't need a draft pick. You know, I, I talked, I'm trying to remember what team has 22 draft picks in the next three years. Uh, I, I just did their game the other day. I've, I've been doing so many games, but they, they, they're going to move players out. They don't want, they want live bodies. Now they're like, you know, to hell with the draft picks. We've got enough of those. We need live bodies. So if you're talking about live bodies, maybe it is the, you know, Robertson's guys like that. It's not going to be Matthew nice, but you know, maybe it's a kid that you covet in, in the minors or in the, in, in junior, I know Fraser Minton and, 
and Cow and Easton Cowan might be off limits, but it, to get one of these players to put you over the top, it might cost you something like that. Was it Chicago you're thinking about? Uh, no, I didn't do Chicago. I think it was Montreal, maybe. Yeah, maybe them, because I know they have a lot of picks they've stockpiled. Uh, just a couple more, we'll let you go. Um, I, I think the thing here is, like, the players have to prove their worth. Like, I talked about it off the top of the podcast, where it's like they have 18 games remaining between now and March 8th, the trade deadline. And I think it's up to the players to prove their worth. Like, I think if they go out there and show they're a legitimate contender, I think you're tree and you you help them out. But as things situate right now, man, they got two games remaining before the All-Star break, the bye week. I just don't think they're in a position to add because I'm not sure how the brain trust feels about them right now. Well, that's the biggest thing, too, is yeah. does the brain trust think this team's a cup contender or do they think they're a team that can make the playoffs and try and go on a run? Because there's, I think there's a difference. And are you mm-hmm. going to spend you know, throw prospects and picks out the window to do that. Kyle's done that in, in past years and they've got one playoff win to, to show for that. And now the cupboards are a lot more bare. So I think they have to have uh, come to Jesus. I guess that's, it might be the right verbiage where it's like, okay, what are we as a team? Do we give these guys the resources? Do we give them extra players at the deadline or say, go and prove me wrong. Go do this with you, who you have in the room, who we put together and I'm going to tinker at the deadline. So those are decisions to be made too, where if you believe you've got the framework of, you know, Joseph Wall, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, and then the four up top, uh, you know, center and right, right side. And then you ask the players around them to play very well. Then you you go at it. You, You hope that you can catch lightning in a bottle and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander deliver you what, uh, what we've seen, for example, McDavid and Drysaddle, like those guys, if you look at the way they play in the playoffs, like they find another level. Now their teams haven't had the success, but they've won rounds and they've competed like, like hell. And to me, that's where I'd like to see this group find another level. If you believe that they can get it done. Who starts Wednesday against Winnipeg noodles? I, we had a pretty good spirited debate yesterday. I think it's going to be Samsonov. Like, I think you come back with Samsonov and see if he can get into a groove. Um, you know, if you, and I don't disagree, Hayes said this to, to me, it was if you start Jones, it really says what you think of Samsonov and where the trust level is. So it's kind of a, a I thought they would split them, but, you know, I, I, I would come back with Samsonov. His last two games, I know he lost against Detroit. I didn't love, I think the last, the game-winning goal against Detroit, but I, I thought he played very well. And I thought he played solid in Seattle the other night. He looked comfortable. Like that's the, when I look at goalies, I want to see if they're comfortable because you're going to make saves. You're going to give up goals, all of that. But, but there's a level you can, like I watch goaltenders, some of them wear it, that you can actually see them wear goals against and they shrink in the net and they, you can tell that they're frustrated. Other goalies, they just, they, they play and they don't get, they don't get ruffled. You could see Samsonov where the goals against. Last game, I thought he looked really composed. I thought against Detroit, he looked composed. So I'd like to see him get into a groove. So long answer to your question. I I, I think it's Samsonov, but nothing surprises me these days. Who knows? You never know. Never a dull moment in this market. I know you're a busy man. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Appreciate it, bud. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Thanks, Nude. Appreciate it.
There you have it. Jamie Noodles McLennan, one of the best TSN Overdrive. Fantastic daily view for me. Uh, he's on the call tonight, I believe, Montreal and the Ottawa Senators. Like the over in that game, by the way. Those two teams not playing for much right now in the standings. But uh, a lot of good stuff there with Noodles uh, regarding the crease, Ryan Reeves and all that too. Yeah, I really agree with what he's saying um, about the goaltending. I'm glad he said it because he knows 10 times more yeah. uh, than I would about the position. But it's it's a palpable thing when you when a goalie's struggling. I mean, you can see it with their body language. You can almost see it in their eyes, their positioning, the way they move. It, you can just tell it's a sliding around struggle, kind of more of a desperation type of look. And uh, the last two games, Sammy hasn't had that. He's looked very square looked very poised, looked like he's carrying himself well, and it just it just exudes confidence. And I think he's he's starting to get a little bit of that back. And uh, personally, I would ride him this week and, and yeah. continue, unless he has a stinker on Wednesday, he would be my guy this whole week to to try to get him to really build those building blocks, blocks of confidence back so he can be your number one for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and it's like what we talked about on, on Monday's show. It's like, I think you're at a point, you just ride the guy who's won the previous game, man. Like, I just can't be having this debate about Jones and, and fucking Samsonov. If Samsonov wins a game and plays the way he did against Seattle, you're back up, you lose against Winnipeg, it's back to Jones. I just think they're at a point where desperation has to be setting in, especially we talked about the standings. Every game is just so important. Uh, from here on in, including these two here with the Winnipeg Jets. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly, so at least back in action on Wednesday. But first and foremost, we've got a busy slate on this Tuesday. I mentioned the Montreal-Ottawa game would be looking at the over in that one. Um, and Tampa-Philly I'll have my eyes on, too, because that's a big game in the standings. And uh, I like the, the under in that game, because I think there's going to be a bit of a playoff feel. Two teams playing pretty decent right now, and don't look now, but Tampa's finding their groove, man. Vasilevsky has been locked in lately. Yeah, that is true, man. It's uh, It goes back to that division that's just killing it right now. And uh, yeah. Lightning Flyers, that could be an interesting one. You know, more of a physical game. Um, Oilers are probably going to tear down the Blue Jackets and continue their run that they're on here, although there'll be no value in that. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a funny time of year. Everyone's kind of jostling for position, trying to solidify their identity and and who they are as a team. And uh, it's a fun time to watch and make predictions. Sure it is. And uh, we look forward to Wednesday's game where we can preview another Maple Leafs game. And that's what we'll do on the Wednesday edition as you get set for the Leafs and Jets from Toronto. Weird scheduling, by the way. I don't know how, why you'd have the Leafs out west. They come back for one, then back to Winnipeg on Saturday. But nevertheless, uh, that's where we're at. Uh, many thanks to Jamie Noodles, McLennan, and Rosie will reconvene on Wednesday, okay? Yeah, I know. It's going to be a big game day, that one. I uh, I don't know. I've kind of got my eye on that as much as I have. Of, yeah. Uh, any game kind of here in recent men memory besides maybe that uh, that Edmonton game, but uh, it's a big one for them. And I, I would put, I wish you could bet on who's going to be the starting goalie. Maybe you can, but, but uh, I would go with Samsonov as hard yeah. as I could. Yeah, I agree. I think it's got to be Sammy. It's got to be Sammy. Just the way uh, Jones looks tired, he looks fatigued. And I think, you know, at this point, um, if you can't go with Samsonov after a victory, then what are we doing here? But nevertheless, that's a conversation to move onwards to Wednesday, many thanks to everybody in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe here on YouTube, Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast as well. Many thanks to producer Vic, everybody in the chat. That's Jay Rosell. I'm Nick Alberga. We'll talk on Wednesday. Take care. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.